The bean holes late. Bean holes, they're great. The bean holes. The bean holes. Nate. Eric, they're too. Mostly Nate. I don't know how many times you've actually made that joke. That exact joke? Yeah, many times. It's a running joke. It's a little bit. I'm the best. Little bits. Your little bits of the best. Uh, hi, welcome to a, another late edition of the Bean Holes. I'm Eric. I'm Nate. I think you were introing this week anyways. But, uh, oh, really? Ah, uh, whatever. Yeah, I remember closing last week. Um, yeah, so, welcome. And uh, if you're joining us for the first time, hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> It's we a normally, setting. Yeah. yeah, we normally don't sound like this, but we're recording in my house instead of the bean holes, the bean quarters. <laughs> and we're using a blue ball to uh, record instead of microphones, but not the original blue ball, but a, a one of their podcast-specific mics. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just want a quick reminder: if you're listening to us. Do us a quick favor and uh, check out audibletrial.com slash beanholes. Get your free 30-day trial of the Audible service. And uh, even if you don't like it, keep yourself a free audiobook. That's on and, us. Uh, that's on us. It's actually on audible.com. It's from Audible, which is an Amazon company, and we love them dearly. And uh, to our UK listeners, um, apparently your listens aren't being recorded, but just we want to give you a shout-out that we love you very much. Yeah, you accounted for uh, between 9 and 10% of our plays for a very long time, and then our stats got all messed up. And, yeah. Uh, but, but, but we know you're still listening. Uh, cheerio. Cheerios, I love that cereal. Pip, pip. Cheerio. Um, pip, pip. Honey nut. Cheerio. All right, so uh, a little late, but we're a little late to the party on a few pieces of news. So... I don't know how much you followed the Republican candidates so far, because there's, like, still 50 of them. I thought there was maybe two. No, I mean, there's <laughs> there's two ones that everyone's talking about. There's still a lot in the running. Oh, yeah. No, I'm joking. I've, I've seen several of the several of the Republican debates. I've, you know, been following, not as closely as I have in the past, but I've been following this election. Well... Pre-election cycle. I'm someone who appreciates in serious situations asking kind of silly questions. Um, but anyway, I think someone got up to Jeb Bush in the last week and asked him that if he had the ability to go back in time and kill baby Hitler, would you do it? And Jeb Bush's response was, hell yeah, I would. You know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, a few days later, someone, I don't know, I don't think it was the same people, but then someone got to Ben Carson and asked him the same question because he's anti-abortion and mm-hmm. would you abort Hitler if you had the chance? And he said no. Mm-hmm. And now it went from just like a silly question to where our, our biggest news corporations are actually putting this under the headline of Ben Carson being uh, pro-Hitler and pro-Holocaust and... Um, Opinions aside against the guy, I just think it's really ridiculous that like news companies are taking such a, a ridiculous question and making it seem like, this is our president, he wouldn't kill Hitler. Yeah. Also, like, they're all wrong. The answer is no, you don't kill Hitler, because that would create a paradox. And if you kill Hitler, then you wouldn't have a reason to go back in time and kill Hitler in the first place, so you wouldn't go back in time, so you wouldn't kill Hitler... And it's just it's just a cycle, and it, it, according to Doc Brown, it could probably could destroy, destroy the entire universe. Continuum, but also yeah. my point has always been, all right, you take Hitler out of the equation. One, I'm sure you don't have to kill a baby. You could probably, like, meet up in his teenage years and be like, hey, uh, Jewish people are great, right? And just, like, change his stance. You don't have to kill a child. Hey, Jewish people are great, right? Well, <laughs> you no. don't know that could change the course of his life. But <laughs> what if you kill Hitler... And then someone else who's worse, uh, put your dick back in your pants. Seriously. Sorry. <laughs> no, but um, what if you kill Hitler and then somebody else 
takes his spot. Who's Mega worse. Hitler? No, like someone who's worse <laughs> kills 10 million Jews. Well, I mean, the fact is, it's not like Hitler convinced a bunch of people. I, well, yes, he did. But it's not like nobody in the world hated Jews in America at the time, and even well beyond World War II, to be honest. There was a lot of anti-Semitism, um, a lot of anti-Jewish sentiment, um, and and taking out one guy would not have would would not necessarily guarantee a Holocaust or well guarantee a prevention of the Holocaust in the first place. Uh, but the main point is that's a stupid fucking question to ask somebody who's seriously trying to become president of the United it's States. It's not only a stupid question to ask, I think it's a stupid question to answer for the candidates, mm-hmm. but then it's even worse to then take it as, like, a character trait. This guy wouldn't kill Hitler. You want him as president? Like, right. I can already see the, the anti-Ben Carson political ads where, like, Ben Carson says he wouldn't kill Hitler. <laughs> Let's remind you that Hitler killed 7 million Jews. <laughs> Do you want this guy as president? Already. Does Ben Carson want to kill 7 million Jews? Yes. Don't vote for Ben Carson. Don't vote for the Holocaust. Vote Hillary Clinton. A vote for Ben Carson is a vote for the Holocaust. Oh, my God. Um, That that would come out of Hillary Clinton's camp right there. Or somebody who just... Actually, like, even if... Uh, that isn't real. I can definitely see, like, college humor or Cracked doing a video like that. Absolutely. So, um, so that's our, that's our little stance on political politics. Political politics. But, um, <laughs> something bad happened Saturday night. Uh-huh. Uh, Seth Rollins mm-hmm. was injured in a match in Dublin, Ireland. Friend of the show, Seth Rollins. Yep. Uh, WWE champion. Tore his ACL, his MCL, and his meniscus clear off. He's out for uh, eight to nine months. I think like they were saying six to nine, but now it's eight to nine, and uh, had to be stripped of the title. Son of a bitch. And uh, so it's, is, is there is there a champion? No, there's no champion. They're doing a tournament. It was supposed to be Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series at the end mm-hmm. of the month. Oh, that's confusing. I already think they're the same person. Yeah, yeah. So with him gone, they kind of have been doing like this tournament on Raw every week, and then I think the two final guys will meet at the pay-per-view. But uh, some reports came out about their plans going forward with Seth. He would have remained in the title picture all the way up to WrestleMania and then would have wrestled Triple H, who in storyline has been... um, you know he's the evil boss of the of the WWE, and Seth is kind of his mm-hmm. his uh, his pet, if you will, his side project. And yeah. so at some point, Seth would have revolted against Triple H and been a good guy going into WrestleMania. Um, but it, it's a shame that up to this point, you've seen his whole title run, and then when you don't really get to finish it, it's just a shame, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, wish him the best in speedy recovery, but it's. You know, shit happens. It was it was a very f- kind of freak accident with what happened. It wasn't like you know he jumped off a twenty foot ladder on his leg. It was it was very something you would see on Raw completely, and it just yeah, you know, landed wrong. And then look at all that damage in one one land. So oh me oh my, That's how a, Seth Rollins gonna get out of this one? Find out in a year <laughs> or more. <laughs> Uh, but that's also a shame too, because nine months—that's a lot of loss of money. Because you're not getting paid if you're not—you you, you know—you're given a, a, a base amount, and then you'll make whatever off of merchandise. But you're not getting paid, you know, on each show. Yeah. And the live events and stuff, so you are losing a little bit of money. Well, I shouldn't have gotten hurt. Yeah, what an idiot. You moron. But um, uh, another cool thing that happened. Just tonight was uh, Nintendo held their Nintendo Direct, Ooh. which was their first one since uh, Satoru Iwata died, the president of Nintendo. Yeah. So it was weird because he was always the host of those Nintendo Directs. So um, is is there another president, or are they going to have like a big match between a lot of the executives <laughs> <laughs> in Smash Brothers? <laughs> Um, no, no, they, they found a new president. Um, 
The president of America, uh, Nintendo of America, Reggie Filamay hosted. <laughs> the president of America. <laughs> the president. Barack I Obama mind. is currently running Nintendo. I, basically, Reggie Filamay kind of would look like a cousin of Barack Obama. Hmm. And R- Reggie Filamay, I would vote for president of America, too. But anyway, he hosted it tonight. Um, and for those that don't know, instead of... A lot of companies wait till E3 to show off all their stuff. And Nintendo just kind of gives... A little bit. They they still show something off at E three during their directs. They don't do a live show anymore, but um, at least like two or three times a year, they have these hour long videos where they they show off stuff that's coming out in the next month, the next few months. Um, you know, show off some DLC, and uh, I think two biggest pieces of news that came out was um, they're basically there's a you know Link from Legend of Zelda. Yep, main character. Uh, Hyrule Warriors, which is a Dynasty Warriors spinoff with like every Legend of Zelda character ever, they're they're actually making a original character called Linkle, <laughs> and it's it, it's essentially a female Link. Not um, Linkette. No, no, and I, they they try to give it a different her a different backstory, um, and all I wrote was, "Wow, I can't wait for Zelda." The Prince of Hyrule. <laughs> Hope that doesn't rub people the wrong way, but <laughs> Zelda. Uh, I would buy a game if it was like uh, how Adventure Time has their whole gender swapped universe. I would buy that, but um, and and probably their their big yeah. Everyone knew that this whole direct was going to be about announcing a new Smash Brothers character. Yeah, and did they pull one out of left field? Um, Cloud from uh, from Final Fantasy VII was announced as a playable that, character in Smash Brothers. That is a surprise. Um, now they this wasn't their their they had a ballot going throughout the whole year where you would be able to vote for whoever you wanted. Yeah. Um, apparently this he wasn't the winner of the ballot. They had Cloud in production before the ballot, but for Nintendo, you know, the, Smash Brothers has always been kind of hyped, and people are constantly talking about it. Yeah. And for a character like this. Uh, this is huge. Like, there was probably no other character out of left field you could have pulled that would have gained this much steam for the game. So, right, you know. And it shows you that people people shit on DLC all the time, but Smash Brothers has been doing it very smartly. They don't release, like, you know, care. They don't... All the DLC characters they started working on after they finished the game and after it was released. Um, and they release, you know, one every, every four or five months, you know, and they give you time to enjoy the DLC... And even then, they're not asking you for a lot of money. It's like maybe, hey, give us five bucks and you can play as a new character. Yeah. It's very, very good, whereas other companies, like if EA had a fighting game like this, they'd be like, $20, you get this new character, and, you know, it's a limited time that you can only use the character, and then you got to pay us another 20 bucks, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, that's my pro Nintendo. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. What? Did you find a... Uh... <laughs> Do you have any news today that you would like to... Um, or any announcements? Um, I don't think so. I, uh... Um... Nope. I mean, I've mostly, uh... Mostly been... Been knocked out on pain medication the last couple of days. <laughs> uh... Yeah. So that... Pain medication has been the whole reason we're recording tonight. Or mainly. Oh, yeah, rather, cause rather than yesterday, out. you mean? Yeah. I was going to say, like, uh, we're recording because we record an episode every week, you fucking moron. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, we normally would have recorded on Wednesday evening instead of Thursday evening, but I was completely unconscious. And that was cool. <laughs> I like how you were like, I just sat down and then I passed out. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But, um, yeah, it's been kind of... I, I I want to avoid talking about the Starbucks cup thing. I don't because the internet rage machine fuels this show. Okay. But um I mean maybe there's listeners in the UK who haven't heard yet cuz I'm oh, sure I'm anyone sure in the heard. US Oh, we're getting slammed cuz of this. But he, like here's the thing it's really a 90-10 split. It's not like majority of people are truly boycotting Starbucks. It, like, 90% of the internet is just calling this the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. Which, it's reasonable. Um, 
I'm not even going to give the guy credit. I'm not going to even say his name, but there's a, a, a Southern pastor on the internet. He constantly is making internet videos uh, of him in his car. Um, he looks like Kevin James with a backwards baseball cap. Like, so um, irresistible to women. Oh, absolutely. And anyway, this guy has, you know... I don't want to knock the religion. That's the absolute last thing I want to do. But this guy is just one of those... Uh, crazy people that um, they start spewing a lot of you know because he, he has a very powerful voice he, he you know that's why he's a pastor um, you know he could definitely control a room but he's gained 1.5 million followers on Facebook by spewing just a lot of like, just dumb shit yeah you know dumb shit that when you look at it you go wow that's really stupid and then you look how many people are following him and you go oh okay like yeah, this is <laughs> this is what must would have happened in the uh, you know in the olden times when there would be just a guy who stood on a rock and just started saying crazy things and yeah. you know yeah people would walk away but then you'd have other, other dumb people go oh yeah that makes sense yeah yeah I <laughs> and and it becomes a problem because if if five percent of people really really strongly believe in crazy things and the other 95 percent don't give a fuck then then all you hear is those five percent right it's called the vocal minority and it's uh and it's yeah because it's look at this situation it, uh, the fact that most people including ourselves yeah. are you know making fun of this campaign it's just keeping it alive instead of just ignoring it but right. You know, this is also the guy who said that after the Supreme Court legalized uh, same-sex marriage, he, he made a video where he just kind of alluded to the fact that this is a time where you should probably pull out your guns. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, so he makes this video, I believe, early last week or middle last week, and it was when Starbucks uh, came out with their with their holiday cup. Every year, I guess it's an event. Mm -hmm. Where people wait for the holiday cups to come out at Starbucks. Um, and it's a plain red cup. It's just gradient red. And honestly, with their green logo, it looks like a nice Christmas cup. Yeah. But because of the fact that there's no Christmas trees or snowflakes or any type of Christmas-themed picture on the cup, it's all of a sudden against Christianity. Which it's a it's a pretty damn looking Christmas cup without all the crap and it's a it's a, just a nice design so I know why they went with it because it's it's smooth and it kind of fits the Starbucks brand, you know. Yeah, and and everybody is going with the you know the flat design look. It's like lot lots of lots of big areas of flat color and not Google, having a bunch of Google details. Google just had their new logo this year yeah. that is just flat colors. Yeah. So. It's not a crazy thing. So anyway, this guy puts out a video to his 1.5 million followers, you know, blasting Starbucks for trying to rip Christianity out of Christmas. And, you know, it's a part of the group of people who they get so pissed that you say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas because, right. God forbid, someone else celebrates a big holiday um, other than Christmas. <laughs> so then this guy just keeps his whole campaign is that you walk into Starbucks you say your name is Merry Christmas, so they have to write it on the cup, and then there you go. That's a big middle finger to Starbucks, even though you're still paying for the fucking coffee. So you go ahead. Go in and write Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever on the cup. You're still paying for Starbucks. So and all of a sudden, the internet started the hashtag, but then you just started noticing that like 95, even 95% of people were just blasting how silly the campaign was. Um, but then this guy got airtime on CNN. You know, like, it's... There was a negative to this. It's not the fact that Starbucks took snowflakes off their cup. You gave... You know, you know Paul Blart, you gave him time on CNN <laughs> to further... CNN even called him a bigot on television. Like, they're like, you're you're basically a bigot. And so... Um, I, I just... And, and I called into a radio station the other day because they were talking about this, and I mentioned... That I worked for, uh, I've worked retail, I worked at Dunkin' Donuts, uh, I know how the whole, you know, Christmas, people just get so offended if you don't wish them a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Like, it's even saying, like, season's greetings, that was totally fine to say for years, but you can't say happy holidays. Right. 
<laughs> you know. And I, I, I told, you know, I was talking to, to my girlfriend the other day, and we were, I was bringing up how in Rite Aid I would have these, you know, mid, uh, middle-aged women, like 40s and 50s. A guy, you know, once in a while you'd get a, a guy who you would say happy holidays to, and he would just go like, Oh, Merry Christmas. Like, that was it. Mm-hmm. But the the women I dealt with at Rite Aid, like, I had, a woman was in my face screaming at me, <laughs> it's Merry Christmas, get it right, and flipping out. And I'm thinking, and I, I could pass for a, for a Jewish person, and I go, I just looked at her and said, I celebrate Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> and she just, like, walked out of the store, because what are you going to say to that? Like, yeah. No, you celebrate Christmas, you know. <laughs> um, and it just, ever since the mid-90s when they, they started this war on Christmas with the, the media, and I look at it and I go, why does, uh, why does Target, Target has like seven aisles devoted to Christmas, but one end cap devoted to Hanukkah. Yeah. You know, like. Well, I, I, I do want to say, like, I, I, I have, I, I am not Jewish, but my my uh, you know on my father's side I have some some Jewish ancestry and, you know and some some you know I'm, I'm I'm proud of that side of my heritage right um, but I've got to say there's more than seven Christians for every one Jew uh, for every one Jew in in the country so I think one Hanukkah display against seven. Or one Hanukkah end cap against seven. It's actually a pretty good balance. No, and, and you know, I'm sure if there was if they were selling out of Hanukkah stuff, they would make more right space for it. I Hanukkah that. just has never become as commercialized and right. And right. That's, that's good. I actually, I wish I wish that I could go into stores and not see any of that fucking shit because um, all the people that get so upset that people aren't constantly wishing them Merry Christmas and everything, if they really thought about it. I, uh, I don't. Who knows what they think if they really thought about it? But my perspective is: celebrate your fucking holiday, uh, but you don't need every single business you walk into to be to be shoving crap in your face that you have that's, to buy. Well, yeah, and also, but that's the thing too with these companies; they're not obligated to tell you shit. Mm-hmm. That's like flipping out that if it's your birthday and you, no one knows, and you walk into Target. And they're like, have a good day. Yeah. It's my fucking birthday. And like, <laughs> it's my birthday. Get it right. Yeah, like, no one is supposed to know it's your birthday. And also, no one is supposed to know. Now, if, like, a woman at Rite Aid, if a woman came in and had a Christmas sweater on, you know, and she bought Christmas stuff, I'll tell her Merry Christmas. Right. But for the people that you're just not sure of, yeah. who the fuck cares? There's so many other holidays going on that you just say happy holidays, season's yeah. greetings. Why does it bother you so much? I don't owe you shit. I don't owe you a good day. I don't... Here, take your stuff. Give me your money. Here's your receipt. Bye. (laughs) That's it. So, this... This kind of goes in conjunction with the Starbucks. Starbucks doesn't owe you snowflakes on your cup. Right. They don't owe you (laughs) even a different design. They don't have to celebrate the holidays. They could just go on with their business. Right. They make a red cup. If you don't like it, go to Dunkin' Donuts where they put a Christmas wreath on the cup. Plain and simple. Or, you know, if if you're getting an iced coffee or something, there's pretty much nothing. Yeah, the iced <laughs> coffees don't really change. But, um, so, all right, you know how Starbucks does deliveries? I did not know that. I think they started this in California. They start deliveries. Dunkin' Donuts announced today they are rolling out a delivery service. What? Yeah. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't. They also said it would, like, do curbside Delivery and at-home delivery. I can only imagine it's only going to be inside. That's hilarious. Why? Well, okay. First, when I I used to work for a for a computer repair company, and um, and my my roommate room my roommate and I both worked for the same one. This was like ten years ago. Yes. Yeah. Um, probably fifteen years ago. We we both worked for the computer repair company, and we used to be late all the time. And what we would do is stop at Dunkin' Donuts and get two dozen donuts so that everybody in the office could have, or two dozen donuts and a bunch of bagels. So that we'd come in with all the donuts and shit, and our boss wouldn't really complain. Oh, you're getting fucking donuts. Oh, that's but classic. I, you know, at one point he was like, what, what, it took you guys an hour and a half? 
we were really late, uh, quite frequently. So it took you guys an hour and a half to get some donuts? Dude, you should have saw the line. <laughs> that, that only works so many times before he's like, just stop getting the fucking donuts and show up to work on time. But curbside delivery, you have that, you, like you're running 15 minutes late to work and you have it delivered without having to delay you. They show up and deliver it to you, to you as you're getting your, your uh, getting to work. That would be amazing. Then you'd be like, I stopped for donuts, and I'm only five minutes late. There you go. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I can yeah. only imagine, because I know, I think McDonald's does delivery at, in New York, mm-hmm. in, like, city areas, so Dunkin' Donuts, I can probably only see it, like, nothing around here. Right. You know. I don't know, Burger King right around here in this very city. Yeah, they, they, they do delivery. Mm-hmm. Brian, Burger King needed to do something. To, <laughs> I don't think not anybody really went offer. for it, though. Um, I know that my boss at work had Burger King delivered once. That was about it. But Well, no, I shouldn't. I was, <laughs> was going to just talk shit about your boss, who I don't know at all, and then I remembered he does occasionally listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. So fucking moron. <laughs> hey, I, hey, look, Burger King, if it does you know... If they made that more readily available with every Burger King, I, I might. Yeah. yeah. I've, no, I've never considered it really, but uh, but uh, that's cool. It's better than you know, specifically going to Burger King. Right. Right. All right. So um, yeah, with the new uh, Spectre movie that came out, I thought it was a pretty decent time to to talk about Jimmy B. Good old, good old James Bond. Um, at first we were going to talk about specifically Daniel Craig. But um, seeing as I don't think you've seen a Daniel Craig James Bond movie. I haven't seen a single Daniel Craig James Bond movie. It took me so much. I just watched Casino Royale again, and I forgot. Every time for the over the years, any time I tried watching that movie, I would always like just sleep. Yeah. And it's it's not the movie, and I had to force myself to get through it. Isn't that the one where uh, he he comes out of the water in that tiny speedo? Yes. Yeah, so you're masturbating to that and then falling asleep. <laughs> well, I take NyQuil before I masturbate. It's a little game I play. <laughs> See if I can outlast the NyQuil. But, um, yeah, so I, and then it was just like, you know what? There's there's enough content that if we ever have to talk about James Bond again. Oh, yeah. Mostly I wanted to talk about the guy that made it. Yeah. But uh, was it, Is it Ian? Ian Fleming. Fleming. Um. I don't believe he's one of those annoying people who pronounced it Ian. Uh, but we'll get to, we'll get to him in a minute. We're gonna let's have a little chit chat about Jimmy B. Uh, so double oh seven. Yeah, double oh seven. Uh, of course, we've mentioned before the the fan theory or the the possible interpretation of the films that that double oh seven and James Bond are both. Uh, that, that James Bond is a code name applied to the code number 007 and that all the different actors have actually been different characters who take on the yeah. role of James Bond. Um, um, but it, yeah, they, they kind of like with... Because Casino Royale was kind of a, a soft reboot yeah. of, the, of the franchise yep. because in the beginning... The movie opens up with him just getting branded as a, as a double O. Right. He just gets that. Um, I'm not sure, though, because I asked you this, and you weren't sure if they've kept the same narrative throughout each Bond movie, or is it kind of, when there's a new Bond, they just soft reboot it again? Um, yeah, well, I, until fairly recently, the, the, the idea of a soft reboot wasn't even really, you know, it wasn't even something that people had a lot of... It, it just wasn't an idea in people's minds, really, or it wasn't a name applied to anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my, my thought was just that, like, it's, you know, oh, this, here's the basic character, you know, a little bit about the guy, and they're just making, you know. My, my I, I've thought about it more, and obviously most of these movies, if not all of them, have been specifically making a James Bond book into a movie. So I think, you know, it's it's just an interpretation of that book and that the books have their own, you know, continuous narrative. Although my understanding is that the books, there's not all this gadget shit going on that is, like, when, when you think James Bond, 
You think of you think of you got Q making him all kinds of crazy gadgets, and uh, well, you think about like spying a suit, like yeah. that whole suit thing. I mean that yeah. you know James Bond is that first character come to mind. Yeah, tuxedo like all the time. Yeah, uh, the martini women gadgets. Yeah, like that's yeah that's James Bond. Um, and of course, there's some gadgets here and there, but in the books, it's mostly dude. Some fucking guns and kicking ass and chewing bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, let's 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 hit the basics first. He is a fictional British Secret Service agent. He was created by Ian Fleming in 1953. Fleming featured him in 12 novels and two short story collections, which means a lot more than than 14. You know, the short story collections were uh, multiple James Bond stories. They just weren't full novels. Right, right. Um, since Fleming died in 1964, eight other authors have written authorized Bond no- novels. There have been others that are not like authorized by the people who ac- actually own the rights to the James Bond character, but uh, the, the authorized novelists have been Kingsley Amos, Christopher Wood, John Gardner, Raymond Benson, Sebastian Falk, Jeffrey Deaver, William Boyd, and Anthony Horowitz. Um, and Anthony Horowitz, Horowitz published uh, Trigger Mortis <laughs> in September of this year. Oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, also, Charlie Higson wrote a book on he wrote a series about a young James Bond and Kate Westbrook wrote uh, three novels based on the diaries of Money Penny and Money Penny of course uh, being the she's like a secretary in the offices that James Bond flirted with a lot um uh, one of one of the most well-known and longest-running film franchises of all time. Uh, it started in 1962 with Dr. No. Yeah, and also most of the... Like, the first James Bond book was Casino Royale. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's... They've... All the movies are based off not like... You know, they share a lot of the names. I think up until Skyfall... I think Skyfall was the first James Bond movie not named after a book or short story because I know Quantum of Solace was a short story yep so um but yeah Doctor Doctor No was the first was the first movie right yep Doctor No was the first movie and then Sean Connery uh played James Bond in multiple movies uh and all um uh I can't find the number here in my notes but um I, I think Sean Connery still has played more than anybody else. Um, I, I think maybe so too. even I, he might have even played more than everybody else put together. I think he was somewhere, or or it's it's or it's close. He played like, he played in the first five uh, James Bond films: Doctor No, From Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, and You Only Live Twice. Mm-hmm. And then he appeared as Bond in Diamonds Are Forever and Never Say Never Again. Right. Um, and uh, that was his. That's his. Like James Bond. Wait, he was in Never Say Never Again. Yeah, because that was a remake. Never Say Never Again was a remake of Thunderball, if I remember correctly. Um, Sean Connery. That is funny. But th- th- that, like, you know, when the the day the man passes, that's mm-hmm. like he. For a lot of people, is James Bond. That oh, yeah. like, that is the character. That's the archetype. For the character, um, and he's had a, a great career with a lot of. He's played a lot of great characters, and he'll be remembered for a lot of stuff. But James Bond is his. That's his child, you know. Like yeah. that's his well, character. That's, that's uh, uh, definitely was his, like that, his signature character, whether right. he liked right. it or not. Um, he actually, uh, um, I believe it was George Lazenby played one. Um, was that on Her Majesty's? I'm not sure, but I, I um, yeah, I, I don't have real good notes on this. I'm just pulling this from my memory, but I think it was George Lazenby that played him, played James Bond once, and it was not for 
a an official James Bond movie. Like some other production company made a James Bond movie with a different actor, and then Sean Connery played him again in an official movie. And it was it's funny how sometimes those things can happen, and sometimes they can't happen, but they do anyway. Right. Right. Um, but okay, so you've got M. Is uh, it's like the head honcho. Of, uh, of, of uh, is it MI6 that he's working for? Yes. Um, you got Q, who is like a super genius making all these awesome gadgets. Um, and and the, the, also some signatures of the, uh, of the modern Bond franchise. Um, uh, so, what, what, let's see. Oh, oh, here's the people that have portrayed him. Um, this is wow I'm not even going to go through this list because it is in no kind of order whatsoever I'm reading off the Wikipedia page at this moment um, so I won't look at that but okay so we're, we've gone from Dr. No all the way up to Spectre this time um, uh, some notable people that have played him of course we had Pierce Brosnan yeah um uh, I don't know. You definitely have, have you seen the Pierce Brosnan movies? I've seen. I don't. I, I I never really got into James Bond stuff. I've I've seen them, but not really watched them. Right. Like right. they've been on TV while I'm doing other shit. Um, but there's Roger Moore, uh, and Timothy Dalton. Uh, played a very different Bond in my mind. <laughs> kind of a comic well, each bond. each person, as different as they are, they I, they're always. I was reading. I was reading a lot about um, you know the movies and stuff. How they were saying that the average someone plays James Bond is about ten years, which wow. is tr- really true to Daniel Craig because I yeah. think Casino Royale was two thousand six. Yeah, um, and that each one, it's just like don't copy the last guy. Just put your own spin on it. Yeah, like stand out as James Bond. Yeah. You know, don't be goofy or anything like that, but, you know, go out there and, and make it your own for those movies. But yeah, yeah Pierce Brosnan, um, Daniel Craig, Sean Connery. Um, it's also, big. The, the car is a major part. There's all, He's always just got cool cars. Um, Aston Martins. Um, let's see, uh, Early on, he had a Bentley with an Amherst Villiers supercharger. Um, uh, Goldfinger, he had an Aston Martin DB Mark III. Uh, I totally forgot Timothy Dalton was James Bond, too. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, let's see. Ooh, he's driven, he's driven the BMWs a lot lately. <laughs> Um, but definitely his most famous car is the Aston Martin DB5 it was in Goldfinger originally but it was also in Thunderball GoldenEye Tomorrow Never Dies Casino Royale and Skyfall so that the, the Aston Martin DB5 is more consistently in James Bond movies than any particular actor right? or, or right. almost anything else actually <laughs> um, but uh um yeah so he's had he's had a lot of logic a lot of gadgets as well um the ejector so, seats I think was James Bond oh yeah ejector seats concept. in the car yep um let me see you yeah. uh let's see Oh, jetpack! That's a big. James Bond used a jetpack. Wait, then, uh, I think that was Sean Connery originally was was the one that had that got to use a jetpack. Uh, he's exploding attaché case, lots of lasers, poison tip shoes, golden gun is not so much made by Q, but still, pretty cool. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> the poison tip shoes. Were uh, Rosa Klebs, um 
because the villains also have their own cool gadgets. Like right, right. Odd Jobs uh, steel rimmed hat. Oh God, yeah. Which they did disprove on MythBusters that even like no matter what you can add on a hat and how hard you yeah. throw it, like it's not gonna knock. Uh, <laughs> even they did like the statue's head, and even, yeah. Like a, a person. Um, who was the person you were not sure of who played James Bond? It was George. Oh, I was. Lazenby. I was. I, I thought. I'm. I'm. I think it's George Lazenby that played he did it in the movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. And during the making of the film, he decided he would only play the role of Bond once. And I know that that's why that that movie stands out. You know, for that reason. Yeah. Um. But I I want to talk about Ian Fleming a little bit. Okay. Um, Ian Fleming, believe it or not, Ian Fleming basically based James Bond on himself. And not the way that a lot of authors are <laughs> like, oh, it, it, you know, right. He, <laughs> I'm in a jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Blofeld. <laughs> This is not the way that, like, maybe Stephanie Meyer based, um, based the, uh, you know, the author of the Twilight books. She probably, uh, based, what's her name? Bella? Belle? Whatever her fucking yeah. name is. She probably based the, the main character on herself in the sense that she wishes some crazy fucking sparkly hot vamp- vampire would have shown up and, and, you know, and taken her up the butt in high school. Or whatever, and um, sparkly vampires. You know, but was this Ian guy Fleming, actually? Dude, Ian Fleming was more badass than James Bond in reality. Was he actually in basically the British Secret yes. Service? Uh, yes. Holy shit! Really? Okay. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about about him. <laughs> a little bit about when I said when I said let's talk about James Bond, you were like, I got to talk about Ian Fleming. Yeah. This is already awesome. I had no idea about this. Yeah. Okay. So. He was personally recruited by the Director of Naval Intelligence to aid them as a spy during World War II. Actual fact about Ian Fleming. He eventually became a commander and started creating plans, um, including some really crazy ones that technically, probably, I'm not sure about at the time, but I know now they would be considered war crimes. But so would most stuff you actually see in James Bond movies. Right. Um, so he he created Operation Ruthless, which fortunately or unfortunately, depending on who you ask, Operation Ruthless was never actually executed. But this was a plan that was uh, the the idea was to um, uh, to capture you know the Enigma machine. Yes. It's featured recently in the. Uh, uh, What's the, what's the one with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch playing Alan Turing? The the recent movie. Um, uh, I can't think of the name because I'm thinking of the Stephen Hawking movie name. A theory of, of every theory for everything. Um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> wait, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, there's a movie like in the past year about Alan Turing, who was a super cool dude. Um, <laughs> And ca- chemically castrated by the British government. Wait, chemically castrated? Oh, yeah. I was like, at first I didn't think about, like, wait a minute, how did they... Oh, wait, yeah. Um, are you looking that up yet? Yeah. Well, usually people have a list of this stuff. Um, this is entertaining for our listeners. Was it the imitation game? The imitation game, there you go. Yes. Um, so... The Enigma Machine was featured in the Imitation Game. The whole idea there was that they were trying to 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 crack the code for how the the Germans were were communicating. They had very advanced cryptography for the time. Um, and Ian Fleming's plan was to capture an Enigma Machine, um, and it was Operation Ruthless. British troops would have uh, masqueraded as injured Germans by... What they would have done was actually uh, they would use a, a captured German plane, get the get British officers, British soldiers in, um, uh, in German uniforms to fly this plane, purposely crash it, 
and then when the when Germans came to rescue them, kill the Germans and steal an Enigma machine. Um, the, wow. This, this plan was never put into effect. Um, I wonder how far in the planning stages it got. Pretty, they finished the plan anyway. Um, but uh, I'll just say it, it almost, or it, it certainly is a trope of spy movies and action movies that uh, at some point they like, you know, knock out somebody and, and steal their uniform to, you know, to be able to get in deeper into the enemy base or whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, that's why I said this would be considered a war crime because it actually is considered to, to, uh, to, it's one thing to not be in your own uniform, but to be in your enemy's uniform that is that's basically just universally considered to be just wicked dirty. Like you just don't do that shit. It, yeah. Like it, it's an actual war crime because because if everybody did that, then war would be brutal and everybody would kill everybody, including the people they didn't know in their own uniforms, and <laughs> and it's already brutal enough. So anyway, uh, they did that. He later on he was the chief planner for the thirty assault unit. Uh, that was a task force. That had over that had almost a hundred and forty commandos that were trained in basically James Bondery <laughs> before James Bond existed, um, just you know to be like a one man fucking army. Uh, okay, um, he uh, let's see. Later on in life, he uh, he had dinner with President Kennedy, uh, and he suggested to JFK that uh, they should discredit Fidel Castro by putting out propaganda that beards attracted radioactivity and therefore made you sterile. Just to just to have people thinking that about Fidel Castro. That's fucking And great. the CIA actually, the, the, the chief of the CIA, Alan Dulles, um, really looked into doing this. I, I don't think they ended up doing that. There's a lot, the funny thing is, a lot of the things that he did plan that he that actually happened, he wouldn't want to take credit for because, like I said, these are a lot of these are technically war crimes. A lot of war crimes, which could get you executed or brutally tortured and in prison for life in another country, a lot a lot of things that qualify as war crimes, they're they're not any more brutal than the stuff we actually do in war. They're just considered cheating, basically. Yeah, yeah, like hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, you're a phony. <laughs> exactly. So, and that's that's what spies do, at least. That's what Ian Fleming did, and that's what his idea of spies are. Um, so, so a lot of, like, a lot of the things you do here that he could talk about were things that never happened. Because if he talked about the things that did happen, he basically would have been announcing So he would he take, he would them. take these things that were essentially ideas yeah. and mix them into the James Bond world where Eventually, he could yeah. talk about them. Well, no, no, no. These are I'm talking. These are specific things that actually happened. A lot of things that got mixed into the James Bond world was just well, I'm writing fiction, so who cares? Um, but uh, uh, let's see. Oh, here's another way that he's actually a lot like James Bond. Uh, what do you think his biggest regret was when he was when he was you know very when he near near the end of his life. His biggest regret was not playing James Bond on screen. <laughs> no, his biggest regret was that he always smoked and drank and loved too much. <laughs> That's um, something I could picture James Bond saying until, like, the day he dies. I'd <laughs> um, yeah, because, uh, you know, what a what a timeless character to write, but that's so crazy that legitimately he lived... All the shit he that he wrote down. Yeah, you know he was James Bond in a way. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, and he, even the look of James Bond that he described for his, uh, his his books, it was it's similar to himself. Certainly more. He chose he chose a uh, what's his name Hoagie Carmichael was who he kind of based the look on, but they actually looked kind of similar. <laughs> um, there's 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 oh man there's so much shit he did um he uh 
Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm just looking for, for some of the stuff he did here. Uh, so, um, I mean, I imagine throughout this, his whole career, I imagine he wasn't just like in a tuxedo the entire time. Oh no, no, that was just. I mean, that that's something honestly that happened in the in early on in the movies, and it was such a signature look that it was like, oh, you kind of got to work this in all the time, just because it's it's what people expect. Um, but there was a a memo that went around that um, basically a lot of historians say this was definitely. Ian Fleming's work, but it was his commanding officer that put the memo around. It was called the Trout Memo, and it compared deception of the enemy during wartime to fly fishing, um, and and uh, it was just like an analogy um, that I'm not gonna detail too much. But the point is, uh, it had just a bunch of schemes to use against. Axis powers to lure U-boats um, and surface ships to minefields. Basically, this whole thing was like kind of laying out bait to attract the enemy to kind of destroy themselves in a way. Oh, well, that's I mean, in, in, that's in, probably in, the best thing to have happen. Where it's yeah, like ah, they destroyed themselves and we didn't even really touch them. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, it's like you're destroying yourself because you're going into this minefield that we laid, but... Right, um, right. Um, he also uh, worked with President Roosevelt's special representative on intelligence, uh, Wild Bill Donovan. Um, and he... Excuse me. Um, he helped to write the blueprint for um, the department that eventually became the Office of Strategic Services, which then eventually became the CIA. So basically, the guy who made up James Bond helped to create the CIA. Uh, and he wasn't even American. <laughs> um, so that's just, that's just some of the stuff. He's, if, you, if you do some, some research on this guy, you're going to find a lot of shit. But Ian Fleming is way more badass than James Bond himself was because James Bond does... I mean, James Bond does a lot of stuff himself and has some cool plans, but Ian Fleming, like, created... He helped to create the actual CIA. He, he you know, he commanded or helped to plan huge uh, intricate plans that, that really helped to turn the tide in a lot of um, a, a lot of uh, World War II and, and stuff before and after right right uh, and so that's pretty cool to me I think it's cool that he at least got to see um, his character be adapted onto the big screen oh yeah because there a lot of times um, you know it's always so late when characters are finally adapted or books are finally done. And, yeah. Um, he even goes to last week with, like, the, the Peanuts movie. Like, Charles Schultz died and didn't get to see this movie. Like, it is a shame Well, that, he definitely saw a movie. Oh, he definitely <laughs> saw enough of his stuff. But um, it, it's cool because uh, the first movie, I think it was, like, 1962. Yeah. Like, did not... He died two years later, yeah. you know? So... That could have been... Imagine if, for whatever reason, the movie was just in development hell, and then he had died, and then they had... Yeah. Then the first James Bond movie came out. Yeah. So it's cool they at least got to enjoy his work be appreciated by a multitude of audiences, because those movies were always successful. Um, and the, the, the James Bond popularity, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. There's sometimes, like, definitely during the Pierce Brosnan years, it was just... It was kind of stagnant, and I yeah. know... Uh, from the 90s it, you know the most popular thing to come out of the Pierce Brosnan years was the GoldenEye video game N64 video game yeah um and that's actually a lot of people like my age mid 20s and stuff like that's that's usually that for the first introduction of James Bond is that <laughs> video game which is crazy to me um but so much you know 
the Dan, you know, Daniel Craig is definitely it's just been up years for James Bond and whoever takes it over I hope it, it stays but um, you know going back to that original thing I'm, I'm glad he got to see it be a success oh yeah right me when it too. came out me too yeah cause then he looked at the screen and said ah yeah I did all that did that one <laughs> did that did that one I think it would be not fair to, to not yeah, it would be it would not be it wouldn't be fair to not bring up uh, just Spectre oh yeah uh, cause uh, you talk like this is what I try to explain to people cause Spectre has not been used in a film in a long time yeah and uh, Ernst St- uh, Starvo Blofeld Stavros no there's no S Stavro I always just say Blofeld is it Stavro like, uh, Stavro. Yeah. Ernst Stavro, Stavro Blofeld. Yeah. When you, and I explain this to somebody, um, you know, when you watch Austin Powers, which has been a, a parody of James Bond, who mm-hmm. uh, Pierce Brosnan said, it was either Pierce Brosnan or Daniel Craig said that uh, the Austin Powers movies ruined James Bond. Like, because those movies, you couldn't be able to do those tropes right. because they were made fun of in such a popular way. Right. Well, and, and there there was a basically a generation of people that, um, that, yeah, that saw a lot of those, a lot of those things, they saw them first on Austin Powers. Right. And, and that's when it, that's when it hurts, because it's like, why the hell is James, is Dr. Evil in James Bond right now? Right, because I, I explained to somebody that Blofeld... Is is the main villain of James Bond, and he is the Doctor Evil to James Bond, Austin Powers. Yeah, he's the bald guy with the, the, the he has a scar. Yeah, he's got the white cat. Yeah, which of course Doctor Evil has all that except for his cat became like hairless, hairless. You know, and that was a whole joke on the on the whole thing. So, um, and it, Spectre is just they they're not as far as I know they're not aligned with any country. They're just an evil organization who just wants to control the world like that is just world domination is their thing so there is kind of like how Dr. Evil oh he's in a submarine he's in a volcano they took those tropes from Spectre because they're always in like a different evil lair yeah you know oh hello Mr. Bond and you know (laughs) it's great shit so it was cool to see um I know Christoph Waltz plays Blofeld in the new movie which that could be very good the the second Everyone knew the name was Spectre, and he was cast. They tried to do, um, like, a con from Star Trek to uh, Into Darkness. Yeah. They are like, no, 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 he's not playing con. He's playing, like, John Doe. Right. And some people <laughs> fell for it. Well, this time, they were like, no, 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 Christoph Waltz is playing a guy named Steve. And everyone's like, no, nope, he's playing... <laughs> he's playing a guy named Steve. He's playing Blofeld. Don't even... Yeah. We're not falling for it. And, of course, it came out that he did. But it's a shame that... Possibly this last Daniel Craig movie, you just introduced the big villains of this series, and yeah. now you're going to move on to a new, you know, a new James Bond. Yeah. So. Well, that's all right. Yeah. It's yeah. all right by me. You don't have, I mean, first of all, you don't have to get a, you don't, you know, if, if, if this, uh, if this version of Blofeld works... You don't have to recast Blofeld. I mean, I it's James Bond. I, I imagine they're gonna kill him or make it look like they kill him. But, um, but I don't know if Christoph Waltz works as Blofeld, they could keep him for a future movie with another actor. I don't have a problem with that. No, no, I, it would be weird. But depending on the other actor, they could definitely yeah. grab the ball and 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 run with it. I mean, I uh, I do I never. You know when they when they put Don Cheadle in, in to replace Terrence Howard in the Iron Man movies, I I never thought like oh they should also recast everything else because of this one character. I've never even given thought to the fact again really that uh, that Terrence Howard was uh, was originally playing Jim 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 Rhodes. Yeah, but that was also that was a secondary character being swapped out where this well, would be yeah. yeah this would be like Iron Man 2 with Terrence Howard and then somebody new is is Tony Stark you know well to, uh, to be fair like Terrence Howard probably is not as big 
like the road road roadie is not as used as a character as the villain would be, but it's like if Iron Man two they kept um, Jeff Bridges and then had a different Tony Stark. That but, would be funny. Yeah, it'd be a little funny. But um, I yeah, like so. that I stuttered on on Jim Rhodes on, on <laughs> the jam and you stuttered on ro- ro- roadie. We put those together and start a remix. Jim Jim Roadie. And well, they're they're already talk about. They look. Daniel Craig has in the last few weeks made it very clear he doesn't want to play James Bond anymore. Even to the point of jokingly saying he would rather commit suicide than play the character again. Kind of backtracked and said, "Oh, I had fun play. I had fun, Inspector." So I had fun, Inspector Gadget. Yeah, I, I had fun filming. So I don't know if uh, the studio, if they're going to want to keep Daniel Craig, maybe they can throw a, a crazy amount of money at him and see if he wants to continue. If Maybe not, he though, really, this is awful, but maybe he really just wants to commit suicide. And that was his way out. They're like, you play him one more time and his, he'll help you. His suicide note says that he was under contract, so he just... uh he, he was being very serious. Um, but uh, we, we were talking before Idris Elba is a possible... Well, there's a nice. lot of people saying it would be cool, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of like the same group on the internet who are trying to get Donald Glover to be Spider-Man. Right. Um, and it Not is that Elba. we're saying it's the same people, but... Yeah, right, it's, right. It's just like that same upbringing, like, hey, this actor is really good and they should play this character and it would be smart. Yeah. Uh, so, I, Idris Elba at least seemed interested. Mm-hmm. He seemed mildly interested, but his issue was he would be the first black James Bond and wouldn't want the role if it was for that reason. Right. But would want the role if they came, like, if he was being treated as, you're a really awesome actor and we want you to play James Bond. Right. I think regardless of the man's skin color, I think he is a great actor. And I think he would do a, a pretty awesome James Bond. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, like, really, you, you get, like, what, three movies out of him? Yeah. If you don't like the guy, if he doesn't really click with audiences, then you just pick somebody else. It's that. Yeah. Well, and also, I imagine it's like a record deal. Like, it's the, the, the contracts, they might sign him to do three movies, but if they don't like him, they don't have to make three movies with him either. So um, they could get somebody else sooner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and James Bond is so well-known at this point for being played by different actors, so it's not like... Yeah. Even uh, Kevin Feige has already said that that with, like, Tony Stark people, other actors can play that character in the future, and they've... Yeah. They, anytime that happens, they always mention James Bond. Yeah. You know, just like James Bond, we can have different actors play this character over time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work in a connected universe. It's a little weird, but... Um, but then again, that's what they've done with Bruce Banner, so... And... And Rhodey. Right. Um, and, uh... Yeah. Because so, now they were smarter to lock people under multi-term yeah. contracts. Yeah. Um, so, I'm just gonna call it right now. I think I know exactly who's gonna play James Bond next. Seriously, or...? Uh, oh, no, dead serious. It's gonna be Ace of Butterfield. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I felt so, like there was a point where you they were totally, announcing, yeah, you were ready to. Well, every every news place who had, like had any type of inside information were like, yeah. it's Tom Holland or Ace of Butterfield, and Ace of Butterfield everyone seems to like, and that yeah. was it. And then but, you know what? To, for a long time, you didn't even hear about Tom Holland. It's almost like um, it, it's it's almost like uh, Tom Holland was the fluffer, not. Not in, not in the porn sense. <laughs> no, no, he was he was definitely the middle because I remember hearing they had five actors who would come in and they actually all worked with Robert Downey Jr. They yep. like they actually acted out a scene to see how things clicked. And Marvel really liked one actor, yeah. and Sony really liked the other, yeah. And I would say to Sony, these guys are the fucking experts. You just you. The reason you're in this position is because you failed yeah. <laughs> with the Amazing Spider-Man Two. So yeah. don't push your buttons. <laughs> don't push their buttons. Let them do their thing. Yeah. So I think they agreed with Tom Holland, but that might have been Sony's pick. I think Sony yeah. 
liked Tom Holland, and I think Marvel well, eventually just said, yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think from an acting standpoint and from, like, the look of it and what they really were going for, I think they, it was, like, going in, I think they wanted Asa Butterfield, but, but and I, I honestly think Tom Holland was on their list of people. It's like, well, I guess, like, maybe he could, I guess, but really it's like, let's just keep him around so that we can, you know tell the guy we really want that like we do have this other guy and he'd be okay so don't ask for too much it, money it just here sounded like and Sony, they ended up switching over when he turned out to be there was, there was like, even three days before they announced like everyone was dead set in Asa Butterfield like yeah. every news organization <laughs> there was even a point where they said Asa Butterfield is the new Spider-Man it's like yep. this guaranteed um, it just sounded like Marvel was a little bit flexible Sony wasn't yeah For and once again you, the reason you're in this position is because you failed on your own. <laughs> so don't bring in the new guys and go, okay, w- we make the rules around here. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. <laughs> Have fun with Amazing Spider-Man 3, which I would be totally fine seeing. But anyway. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens, I'm sure. I know uh, Spectre is doing crazy business right now, so uh, you know, I- I'm sure we'll find out in the next like two years what will happen with the Bond franchise. Maybe. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess I'm closing now because I was supposed to open and what's his name? We could do it instead. And I do a double close. Oh, fuck that. We didn't do a double open. That is not very good. good. My name is Eric and I smell like pie. But butthole pie. (laughs) Oh, shit. See you next week. Keep on beaning. Keep on beaning. You son of a bitch. Couch noises. Harry Camden.